All right. Morning, everyone. Can you hear me? More importantly, can you see me? You know, small people are very hard to see. So I just want to make sure. <laughs> Pastor Danny, if you didn't notice, they, uh, our brother Paul referred to Pastor Danny as the senior pastor. I think in his hair it's quite obvious that he's the more senior. <laughs> Pastor Frank, thank you. Thank you for being here. And as Pastor Danny was sharing with us how you were in one way or another instrumental in the spiritual life of our Pastor Peter, we see the discipleship process right there and then. Pastor Frank mentors in some way or another their Pastor Peter, and Pastor Peter, by God's grace, continues as he had mentored the original group of pastors in the group of Pastor Danny. And CCF is all over the place, by God's grace. So thank you. Thank you for being in God's instrument this morning. Amen. Let's give God the glory. What, what are we looking forward to on Thursday? It's 4th of July, right? So I want to show you a video about the 4th of July. When it gets right down to it, I'm a pretty simple guy. I love Jesus. I love my family. I love my country. Like so many others on 4th of July, my wife and I will probably wake to smiling children crowding our bed, bursting with excitement over the celebrations this day brings. We know Independence Day commemorates the signing of the Declaration of Independence. But what does it actually mean? For us, it means we'll break out the grill. There will be scorched hot dogs. Popsicles will melt down chins. We'll play games, yelling and screaming. And water wars will freely commence. It also means we'll load the car, head downtown, and join thousands of people we don't know from all walks of life. The roots of their family tree, like ours, wrap the globe. It means breaking out the sparklers once the sun sets. The children become nothing more than puffs and streaks of light as they play in the dark. It means my family sitting bunched together in a sea of sweaty people ogling at the riotous explosion of colors in the sky. It means we'll celebrate our freedoms together. Freedom to speak our minds, freedom to dream big dreams and pursue them. But most importantly, freedom to worship our God without oppression, without tyranny. It's a celebration to remember to never take these liberties for granted or to forget what those who have gone before us have given for these liberties. And like I said, when it gets right down to it, I'm a pretty simple guy. I love Jesus. I love my family. I love my country. And as for me and my family this 4th of July, we revel in our God and thank Him for our liberty. Let's give God the glory for the freedoms that we have. You see, this next slide was made by my son when CCFLA started. You like that? 
We're now here in the U.S. The land of the free, the home of the brave. And it is in only in this country that anyone and everyone has the freedom to worship. We take this liberty for granted. We just celebrated with hot dogs and sausages and times at the beach. But I hope that message that Pastor Danny, that video that Pastor Danny sent to me, we will really appreciate why we have these freedoms. And we all agree that in this country we have all kinds of freedoms. But the way that these freedoms are being exercised today are very much wanting in terms of the God who gave us these freedoms. And part and parcel, this is because of us, God's people. Because in 1 Timothy chapter 2, it reads, I urge then first and for, first of all that petitions, prayers, intercession, thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So my question is we're complaining about how these freedoms are being exercised today then the question is are you and I praying for our leaders our government leaders our church leaders and the leaders of our home and if your answer is not I don't pray for them then may I encourage you don't complain don't complain if not you're not doing your part And the, the rebuke of Paul in Galatians 5 is even more painful and more direct. You, brother, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. We celebrate July 4. Many people are happy. Many people are elated. Especially... Of the ruling of the Supreme Court. Well, it's our freedom. It's our freedom to love whomever we choose to love. I don't care if it's against biblical principles. This is my freedom. And what did Paul say? Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. If my people, who are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked way, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and heal their land. Beloved, may I encourage you, it begins with us. And if we're not part of the solution, then guess what? Most probably, we're part of the problem pray entreat the Lord of the harvest to send out his harvester that's you that's me let's pray Heavenly Father we thank you for this privilege of worship thank you that we are here in the country that is most free of all, all the earth but Father will you forgive America for taking for granted the freedoms that you have given to this nation. 
that they would now even mock you to your face. All the things that are written in your word are twisted and turned to accommodate the depravity of mankind. Father, will you forgive us? Even as we study your word, Lord God, will you speak to us this morning? And let it begin with us, Lord God. Let all of your people humble themselves and pray. Turn away from our wicked way. Because then and only then are we assured that you will hear our prayer, that you will forgive us our sin, and that you will heal this land. We pray even for our beloved Philippines, Lord God, that you will do the same. As you are raising up Christians who will walk firm in your word. Revive us, Lord God, we ask in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. This morning, we continue in our series on knowing God. And perhaps you have been listening and you haven't fallen asleep. We've been asking you time and time again, who is driving your life? Are you just a passenger and is the Holy Spirit really driving your life? Or is it the other way around? Look at the passenger. He's just enjoying the trip. But if you're driving... And those of you who drive know what it means to be cut off. Silly drivers in front of you who don't know. Your blood pressure begins to go up. You begin to sweat beads of flesh because you want to fight back. So why don't you relax? Turn over control of your life to the Holy Spirit and let Him direct you. Pastor Danny challenged us to live above the line. Live above the heavenly line. Don't live below the hellish line where the snakes are. Pastor Reggie challenges, obey now. Don't postpone it. Obey God now. And if you apply these principles, I submit to you that you will live like Christ. And you will manifest the fruit of the Holy Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law and you will be a victorious witness for Christ I don't know your background I don't know how you came to know the Lord what your family background is but last Sunday we were reminded that you we are God's masterpiece in your eyes, you might see your life to be a mess. But in the potter's hand, he can make a masterpiece out of that mess. You see, you are a valuable piece of art created with the most ordinary and even at times worthless materials. But in the hands of the master, you are a masterpiece. Never ever forget that. You are God's masterpiece. You see, when you came to faith in Christ, God basically promised three things. First, He reminded you of His presence. John 14, 16 says, I will ask the Father and He will give you an, another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Jesus Christ spent three years with His disciples, but He said He has to go so that the Holy Spirit, the advocate, can come and here is his promises that the advocate will be with you forever. He has promised his presence. 
And in the book of Hebrews, he reminds us, never will I leave you, never, no, never, never ever will I forsake you. And after God has assured us of his presence, he gave the power for us to live a victorious Christian life. In Acts 1.8, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. So God has given us His presence. God has given us the power to live a Christian life. And friends, I don't know about you. I like presents. Do you like to receive a present? Even if it's not your birthday? Even if there's no occasion? You know, God has given us presents. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I want you I do not want you to be uninformed. So are you gifted? Yes? You know, my wife, she has a nephew. Her cousin-in-law says, you know my son? He is a very gifted child. Now what comes to mind when you say that your son is a gifted child? Maybe at four years old, he's doing calculus. Right? At five years old, he's taking his doctorate, right? But I said, how do you mean that, my, that your son is extremely gifted? Oh, in song. All of his teachers, I had to give them gifts one by one so that he will pass his grades. Oh, so he's a different kind of gifted child. Now, if you see this in the department store or under your Christmas tree or whatever, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Which gift is mine? Right? Which gift is mine? Is it the big one? Is it the small one? Is it a necklace, a piece of jewelry, a card, cheap? And then when you get the gift, what do you do? You unwrap it. The title of this morning's message is Unwrapping the Gift Within. You know, some people unwrap gifts. I do it. They do it. You know, get right to it. I don't care about the paper. I don't care about the ribbon. Sometimes I don't even read the card. Right? But my wife, take the ribbon out. Magagamit pa yan. Recycle. That's the new word now here in America. Recycle. Yeah. Paul. Recycle. We want to unwrap the gift. Why? We want to know what's inside. And once we know what's inside, how can I use it? Correct? Yes? So this morning, we're going to unwrap the gift within. The spiritual gifts that God has given us. In honor of the reading of God's word, may I ask all of us to stand as we read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 11. Let's all read. Now, concerning spiritual gifts. Uh, 
and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. But One in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, just as He wills. You may be seated. Unwrapping the gift within. This morning we'll be discussing four points. What is the difference between the fruit of the Spirit, talents, and spiritual gifts? Are all spiritual gifts still available today? What are the gifts of the Spirit? And how can I discover my gift? Do you want to know how to discover your gift? Well, you better stay awake. Alright? First, the difference between fruit of the Spirit, talents, and spiritual gifts. The fruit of the Spirit, as we have shared in part with you, can be found in Galatians 5, 22-23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. The fruit is a byproduct. An ordinary human being who does not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, who is not indwelt by the Holy Spirit, cannot produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is the evidence of the Holy Spirit living in you. So natural man who has no relationship with Jesus Christ cannot manifest this kind of fruit. Notice fruit, one fruit, manifest in nine different ways. Now the fruit of the Spirit has to do with character. So when you assess your life and you say that you're a Christian and you look at what fruit the Holy Spirit is manifesting in your life. Look at this. Am I more loving? Am I more joyful? Am I more peaceful? Am I more patient? Am I more kind? Am I gooder? Am I more faithful? Am I more gentle? Am I more in control? Or more so, is God more in control? See, the fruit of the Spirit has to deal with character. Christian character. While the gifts are given to us for service. Paul writes, and we have read it, about spiritual gifts, he does not want us to be uninformed. Okay? Paul does not want us to be uninformed. So he wrote 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because gifts are given to us for service. Do you know before that gasoline stations were called service stations? Those of us who are gray in the hair, you remember that when you pulled up, 
Somebody would wipe your windshield, check your tire pressure, even give you soap. You remember those times? It was a full service station. Now, if you drive up to the pump and you're waiting for the attendant to come to you, Jesus will return. You are still there. <laughs> this is all do it yourself now, DIY. The, the gifts of the Spirit are given to us for service. How do we mean? We're going to pound this on you people. Because many missed the point. Ephesians 4.11 And he gave some as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. For what? The equipping of the saints. Who are the saints? All of us. It's not just your pastor. It is all of us who are the saints. God is giving us these gifts to equip the people, God's people, to do what? To do the work of service. Why? To the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Discipleship again. That we might all be Christ-like. You know the 80-20 principle? 80% of the work is done by 20% of the church population. Why should I do that? The pastor is paid to do that. In CCF, you will all do it. We will remind you because this is the principle that the Bible is telling us. We are supposed to equip you so that you and I can do the work of service so that all of us will mature, not just the pastor. All of us will mature to a stature that glorifies Jesus Christ. All of us. That's why God gave us the gift. Not only did He give us His presence, not only did He give us the power of the Holy Spirit, God is giving us our spiritual gifts so that we can grow. What are talents? Natural talents are special abilities that are born with athletic, you're artistic, you're musical. You see those pictures? Believe it or not, I used to play basketball. Oh, but can I used to play basketball when the height of the goal was very much lower. And when I would play basketball, I will, I will tell them, once you rebound the ball, just throw it. I will run after it. Believe it or not. But I guess my talent, my ability is really not in basketball. So there's a difference between a spiritual gift and a natural talent. And there's a difference between fruit, talent, and gift. Now what are spiritual gifts? Spiritual gifts are divine abilities distributed by the Holy Spirit to every believer according to God's design and grace for the common good of the body of Christ. Okay? Divine abilities distributed by the Holy Spirit 
to every believer according to God's design and grace for the common good of the body of Christ. You're not convinced. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So who has a spiritual gift? Each child of God has a spiritual gift. If you are not a child of God, meaning to say you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, if you haven't been born again, you don't have a spiritual gift. But pastor, I can sing. I can do this, I can do that. Well, you have a talent. But you cannot say that just because you know this particular talent, that that is a spiritual gift. Why? The main component is missing. The Holy Spirit. Are we understanding each other? If Pastor Peter was here, Pastor Frank, he will say, are we communicating? Yeah. Now, why did God give each and every one of us at least one gift? Why? For the common good. So even if you are exercising what you believe to be your spiritual gift, if you are not exercising it for the common good, you just want to attract attention to yourself. Brother, sister, this is a misuse of your spiritual gift. Because it is to be used for the common good. Okay? Let's unpack it some more. To each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Number one, each one has a gift. Guess what? You have no excuse. None of us, no child of God has an excuse. I don't have a gift. No. The Bible says you have a gift. Number two, it is given by grace. Charisma. What does it mean? We cannot boast. If it's only given to you, you cannot boast. Correct? Third, it is sovereignly bestowed. Meaning to say, we cannot choose. Why? God is the one who gave it to you. Okay? Number four, it is for the common good. It is not for yourself. It is meant to be used for others. I have shared with, this with some of you before. It was still CCF days were still in CCF Preposo, those of you who remember. I was a rather new worship leader during that time. And somebody came up to me. This person really has the talent. I have no problem. There's no question that this person is talented. But the person went up to me and told me, In song, we did not call each other pastors during that time. In song, you know what? I can do what you do. I can lead worship like you. Red flag. Red flag. Why? I think the person was more dependent on the talent to go up so boastfully and say, I can do what you do. Am I getting the point across? You see, God gave us differing spirits. Romans 12, 6, Having then gifts differing according to His grace that is given us, what are we supposed to do? Let us 
use them. But we are supposed to use them. If not, we will lose them. God gives you a gift. You don't want to use it. What might God do? Remember the parable of the talents? Okay, you don't want to use it. Let me take it from you and give it to someone who will. Do you have a gift? Are you using it? Only this group. <laughs> Don't worry. You have a gift. Understand it. It comes from God. And God expects you to use it for the common good. So use it. Okay? Well, Pastor, I don't know what it is. Alright? Now, there are many in the Bible. Okay? Look. In Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. There is a, a graph for you to see all of these differing spiritual gifts. Exhortation, giving, leadership, mercy, prophecy, service or helps, teaching, administration, apostleship, discernment, faith, healing, knowledge, wisdom, miracles, prophecy, teaching, tongues, interpretation of tongues, evangelist, pastor, service, speaking. Oh, if that's the menu, what will you choose? I like this with a little sauce on the side. No. These are the spiritual gifts. Now, how do we divide this? How do we? We're not going. Uh, okay. I, I, we're not going to go through each and every one. Okay. If not, we will be here and for all eternity. All right. So, how do we divide this? Three divisions of gifts. You have the speaking gifts. Wisdom, knowledge, prophecy, evangelism, pastor, teacher, exhortation. Service. Administration, faith, giving, helps, mercy, leadership, encouragement. Sign gifts, miracles, healings, tongues, interpretation, discernment. Alright? So, keep your eyes open and think about where you are. Because you might be, well actually, you are in one of those categories. Are the spiritual gifts available today? Right? So there are three thoughts. First, the cessationists. Oh, the gifts are only for the first century. They're no longer for today. God just, you know, in the first century church, that was the way that God was going to call people. So he gave the apostles, especially, you know, as they were empowered by the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in different tongues. And all the people around them from whatever part of the country they were, they understood the apostles. And that's how. Now today, because no, we have the Bible, we have technology, they're not available today. That's one mindset. The second mindset is charismania. Because charisma, the gifts, charisma, charismania, all the gifts are available today. Unfortunately, some are using the gifts to exalt more spectacular gifts than the others. Especially tongues, and healings. The sad part is this. They would go far to one extreme to say, are you speaking in tongues? No. Oh, you're not saved. Because you're not speaking in tongues. Is the speaking in tongues a spiritual gift? Yes. 
But to say that if you do not speak in tongues, you do not have the Holy Spirit, is a different ball game. How about the balanced view? The biblically balanced view is the gifts are available today. Why? Because God is the same yesterday and forevermore. He did not say that the gifts are only available from 1 AD to 1900. No. He did not say that. So the gifts are available today. However, they must be practiced according to biblical principles. Now, very obvious are the sign gifts. What are the sign gifts? Healing. What should you do? Pray and verify. Many of you know Pastor Danny was operated in 1998, correct? Through his testimony, Pastor Danny should not even be walking. He was attending a couple seminar and then all of a sudden he could not feel his legs. He has transverse myelitis and the doctor told him if you survive the operation, you will be paralyzed. Is he paralyzed? He's not paralyzed. Somebody went to him. Pastor Danny, no need for operation. We have prayed for your healing. You are healed. You don't need operation. Sign. What did your doctor tell you? No problem. Get up from your bed right now. And if you are able to walk, I will not proceed with the operation. What's the result? He was operated on. Why? There is no verification. Have you prayed for people to get healed? Yes. Have some of them gotten healed? Have some of them experienced the ultimate and perfect healing called death? The ultimate healing is death. You are relieved from this earthly body, one that decays, and you will be with God. So if you say you have the gift of healing, pray and verify. Now, many of you know Pastor Glenn Obligacion. Right? He is now the head of the music ministry in CCF St. Francis that I vacated. In our budget meetings, I don't think Pastor Danny was still there. He said, Pastor in song, you have the gift of healing. Oh, really? Why? You have the biggest budget. You always healing and healing for more budget. <laughs> healing daw ako ng healing. Hingi ako ng hingi. I keep on asking. In Tagalog, healing. Eh, that's not my gift. Pastor Roby Santos, our outreach pastor. Sick of nasopharyngeal cancer. Did his part, went through everything, chemo, here. So he has no salivary glands. He has to drink a lot of water. He shared this with me and I think my wife was there. He went to Pastor Peter and Sister Diona and prayed for healing. You know, cancer, it comes and goes, right? Even if you've been in remission, it comes back and when it comes back, it comes back with a vengeance. 
Correct? So they asked Pastor Peter to pray. So Pastor Peter said, okay, bow your head, close your eyes. But Pastor Robbie cheated. Head bowed, eyes closed. When Pastor Peter was praying, he peeped. He peeped. You know what he saw? A white light behind Pastor Peter. And in that instance, he knew he was healed. The cancer has not returned. He is still faithful to check. You have to do your part. See, it's a balance. It's a balance. Why do I know this about Pastor Danny? Because I was in the other wing of the same hospital. They were operating my kidney. They removed half of my left kidney. I went to his room, Pastor Danny. Are you asking, are you praying that you go full-time in the ministry? No, no. He's very fast to answer. He said, why are you asking? Because I prayed and God allowed this. Maybe I thought you prayed and God is allowing this. But he said, no. But what's he doing now? (laughs) (laughs) Tongues. Okay? We all know about the gifts of tongues because they are more spectacular, so to speak. So, some... As the Bible says, this is heavenly language. You're speaking the tongues of angels. When a person speaks in a tongue, he is communicating to God, right? And there are also known languages that the missionaries, especially New Tribes Mission, I think Pastor Frank is aware of that, they go to the mountains. Have you ever been to a tribal area in Palawan? I have not. But God has so blessed and equip certain people from other countries to go to those far-flung areas to bring the Word of God. Now, how do they understand each other? It all depends on proper use. The proper use of the gifts. If anyone speaks in a tongue, it should be done two or three at the most. In each in turn, one must interpret. But if there is no interpreter, he must keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Why? All things must be done properly and in an orderly manner. If you're invited to CCF and all of us speak in tongues at the same time, what will you say? Sabi ko na nga ba, lasing ang mga tao dyan eh. They're all drunk. No one understands them. See, the use and exercise of your spiritual gifts must be in the proper context of the Word of God. Examples of sign gifts today. Dreams and visions. Remember our brother? Where is Mike? He asked, God, will you show me? Will you show me if my father is really in heaven? What did God do? God spoke to him in a dream. And he talked with his dad. And he said, Dad, I miss you. I understand. But I cannot go there. I'm happy where I am. And Mike told me the day that that happened, he called me. And he said, Pastor Insong, there's music in the background. I cannot understand the music. It's something that I have never heard before. But all I know, it's, happy 
It's a joyful kind of music. Now, there's this story about the little girl who is healed in a Muslim country. She could not be healed by ordinary doctors. So the father, who was a Muslim, brought her, his daughter to the Christian hospital because the Christian hospital was more equipped than other hospitals. But he was a Muslim. And when, when he brought his daughter to the hospital room, there was a cross. Remove the cross! I'm a Muslim. Remove it. So the nun removed the cross, put it under the bed. At night, the baby, the child, saw in the vision. He said, get up. There's a bright light. He said, get up. Put the cross back. He said, I cannot walk. How can I put the cross back? said, I am Jesus. Arise. Walk. And put back the cross. The girl stood up. She put the cross back. The next day, they came into the hospital room. Why is the cross back? The, led, the girl told of her experience with Jesus. And now the, husband, the father is in search for the Jesus who healed his daughter. You see, every time there's a miracle, it should always point to Jesus. Every time you and I exercise our spiritual gifts, it is to point to Jesus. If your worship team and your worship leaders are here and they draw attention to themselves, please let us know. That's not why we're here. That's not, that's not why we leave the house at 6.30. To come here and start at 7.30. Just to draw attention to ourselves. Our goal is to draw God's people to focus all of our hearts on Him. And only Him. Now let's try to unwrap these spiritual gifts. As I said, we're not going to go through all of them. Faith. The ability to have a vision of what God wants to be done and to confidently believe that it will be accomplished in spite of circumstances and appearances to the contrary. The gift of faith transforms visions into reality that are usually visionaries who dream big dreams, pray big prayers, and attempt big things for God. I do not know of any church in the Philippines that has been able to put up a huge worship facility without borrowing one centavo. Because the board of elders headed by senior pastor Peter Tanji has decided, if this is God's will, then we will not lack God's provision. We will not borrow one centavo. So we were able to purchase the property, hundreds of millions of pesos, we were given 10 years, we paid it in 10 months. The building is up. Their first worship service was May 12. When Nick Vujicic went there to give a talk, 13,000 people flooded. CCF C5. Walang utang. 
Why? We want God to get the glory. Who saw this big picture? A man of faith. The one that Pastor Frank mentored. Pastor Peter. A man of great faith. Praise God. Now, do you have the gift of faith? Do you have the guts to believe? Do you view obstacles as opportunities to trust God? Do you find yourself trusting in God in difficult situations and boasting in, in what you have seen God do? Do you not like it when people say things are impossible or can't be done? Ako, Pastor Peter, ganito, Pastor Dan, ano? When you tell Pastor Peter, Pastor Peter, it cannot, oh, you just don't lie. Don't say it cannot be done. You have not tried. Okay, okay, okay. Are you motivated by new ministries? Let's start this. Let's start. Wag na. Tama na yun. Okay? So again, we're not going to go through everything, right? Okay, how about gifts of administration? A spiritual gift of administration is the ability to steer a church or Christian organization, small group, toward the fulfillment of its goal by managing its affairs and implementing necessary plans. We need people with gifts of administration. Do not ask me. My filing system is important from the U.S. You know what U.S. stands for? Upon sight. Nandyan lang yan. Wag na wag mong gagalawin ng papeles ko. Nandyan yan. I know where it is. Don't touch it. It is only known upon sight. I don't have that gift. That's why we need people who are organized. Some of you are gifted this way. Some of you have big dreams. You are people of faith. Pastor, why don't we just buy our own building? Oh? May pera ka ba? Wala! How are we going to buy? God will provide. Oh, galing. Diba? Gift of administration. Kailangan natin ng organization. You are needed in the body of Christ. Do we have the gift of administration? When things are not organized properly, do you get frustrated and want to help? Do you naturally organize your life, schedule, finances, and priorities? Do you become energized working on tasks and projects? Nako, does filing, organizing, and labeling make you happy? Ako, meron kang diamond, no? Yamaha floor monitor. Wireless. Streamer. Pagpasok naman tayo, dinidikit ang mga pangalan. Maybe you have that gift. I don't know. Or maybe you should be just the usher, no? Put the names. Hospitality. Oh, this is not, you know, you send people to the hospital, okay? Hospitality. What is it? It is the spiritual ability to welcome strangers, entertain guests, often in your home, with great joy and kindness, so that they become friends. Hospitality should include one's family, friends, Christians, and strangers who may not even be Christians. Do you have it? Do you enjoy having people come to your home? 
Do you enjoy watching people meet and have fun at parties and events that you have helped plan and host? Is your home the kind that most people feel comfortable to come and drop by unannounced? Nakunandito na naman si Kwan. Baka hindi gip yung hospitality sa'yo. Send them to the hospital. Do you consider your home as a place of ministry? Love, I invited the D group to come to our... Nako, paano yung side ko? Kakamap ko lang. Kalalaba ko lang ng kurtina. Tsaka, baka hindi ikaw yung gift of hospitality. Okay? How about gift of wisdom? Oh, the gift of wisdom is the ability to have insight into people and situations that is not obvious to the average person combined with an understanding of what to do and how to do it. Now, two people. One from the Old Testament, King Solomon. God gave him the opportunity to ask anything. He asked for wisdom. Two ladies came. This is my child. No, that's my child. No, this is my child. Get the sword. We'll split it. One said, no. Don't kill the child. Just give it to her. Oh, this is the woman. She's the real mother. Why? She was not willing to sacrifice her own child. Of course, the other one is Jesus. When the Pharisees tried to trap him, are we supposed to pay taxes? Oh, dilemma. If I say yes, the Jews will get mad at me. You are siding with Rome. If I say no, Rome will get mad at me because I'm telling the Jews not to pay their tax. So how did Jesus respond? Give me the coin. Whose face is on the coin? Caesar's? Oh, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. You render to God what belongs to God. A man of wisdom. Now, do you have the gift of wisdom? When studying God's word, do you find that you discover the meaning and application before others do? Are you able to apply biblical truth in practical ways to help counsel others to make good life choices? Do you find that when people have important decisions to make, they come to you for prayer and counsel? Do you find when you counsel people, God's Spirit gives you wisdom to share from Scripture? Maybe you have that gift. Wisdom from the Word of God. Hindi wa'is. Wa'is scheming. Not that one. Wisdom from the Word of God. How about teaching? Teaching is the gift. The gift of teaching is God's given ability to understand and communicate biblical truth in a clear and relevant manner so that there is understanding and application. Now, do you have the gift? Do you enjoy studying and researching? Oh, Belisa, you are very fast, huh? No. <laughs> obey now. So you obey no. Do you enjoy imparting truth? Do others come to you for insight into scripture? When you teach, do people get it? When you see people confused in their understanding of the Bible, do you feel responsible to speak to them about it? Encouragement, exhortation. The gift of encouragement involves motivating, encouraging, consoling others so that they mature in their walk with Jesus. Joseph, 
Barnabas was first called Joseph. Do you realize that it was Barnabas who brought Paul to the others? Because Barnabas, Joseph, knew of Paul's background. And he was sure that God had really changed Saul, who was then called Paul, and took the risk of bringing the apostle Paul, the former persecutor of the church, to bring him to the elders so that they can validate that the same gospel message they were preaching was the same gospel message Paul was preaching. He encouraged Paul, let's go. Now do you have the gift of encouragement? Do people seek you out for advice and encouragement? Do you enjoy walking with someone through difficulties? Are you attracted to those who are hurting and needy? Are you patient with people? Would you rather speak personally with someone about their problems rather than send them to someone else for help? Pastor, I have a problem. What's your problem? Oh yeah, no problem. You go to so-and-so. He's the expert. Person went to you already. Right? Now, when people come to you, do they come for you? Did they come to you? And they're encouraged? Or when they come to you, they live worse than when they came in. When you enter a room, does the room light up? Or is there a brownout? Okay? Prophecy. To prophesy means to speak forth, to declare the word of God, to interpret the purposes of God, or to make known the truth of God, which is designed to influence people. This is not... I see. 47... Eight. Uh, wait, excuse me. Are we talking about Lotto or Powerball? Oh, Powerball! Number 28. See, that's not prophecy, okay? This is not foretelling the future. This is the ability to communicate the Word of God. When your pastors, when your preachers come up here and talk about the Word of God, that is prophesying the Word of God. It's coupled usually with the gift of teaching. All right? And pastoring, all right? Now, do you have the gift of prophecy? Do you tend to make quick judgments on what is seen and heard and speak up quickly? Do you feel the need to express thoughts, ideas verbally, especially regarding right and wrong? Do you tend to be painfully direct when correcting friends? Remember, even if it's direct, it must be done in love. Do you have the willingness to suffer for what is right? Do you have the ability to persuade others to act in obeying God's word? You may have the gift of prophecy. Now, as again, this is not exhaustive, so spiritual gifts. Where do you lean? If you assess yourself, your particular talents and abilities, right? Could it, could it be teaching and helps? Could it be mercy or giving? Could it be encouragement, administration? Whatever it is, your spiritual gifts makes you sensitive to the needs that others don't see. And God has put all of these gifts into one body. You are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. You're part of the body. God has given you certain gifts to complement the other spiritual gifts that are in the body of Christ at CCFLA. You got to use it. 
so that we can all grow and mature in Christ. Where are all of these best put to good use? In the small group. When all of these interplay, for example, in a restaurant, buffet, he trips, he falls, his food is all over the place. The one with the gift of prophecy, what will he say? I told you. <laughs> the one with the gift of help will say, oh, don't worry about it, I'll pay for another one. The other one with the gift of mercy will help. And you know, it happened to me also before. And the pie went to my face, so you're good. <laughs> you see, all of these are interplaying with one another. They are complementing one another. That's why the Bible says there are different kinds of gifts. It's not just the eye. If all of us were pastors and all of us were preachers, abhinti tayo kasya rito. Diba? Andito kami, oh. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, kasi daming pastor eh. We cannot do it all at the same time. That's what God, God gave us differing gifts to complement each other that they are to be used for the common good so that the body will grow up in Christ. What's your part? From Him, the whole body is joined together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. What? As each part does its work. So do you have a part? Is your part working? Nakwa. <laughs> From the nose. Do you have a part? Yes, Pastor! Are you working? Yes, Pastor. There's no conviction. Do you have a part? Yes. Are you going to do it? <laughs> Are you going to volunteer? Yes, I volunteer, Pastor Danny. <laughs> God gave you the gift. Use your gift. And you will never know what it is unless you've tried it out. So what should we do? How do I discover, develop, and deploy my gift? Number one, you have to pray. Ask the gift giver to reveal it to you. Number two, you got to do something. Look for opportunities to serve. Number three, what are you passionate about? Where are you learning in terms of involvement, leaning towards terms of involvement? Number four, get feedback from trusted Christian friends and leaders who know you. Don't go to people who, you know, okay ba? Okay. Eh, paano to? Okay din yan. Diba? Pwede ba to? Pwede. Lahat pwede, lahat okay. Hindi mo na alam kung totoo hindi. Okay? Go to someone who is honest. Bro, medyo ang preaching style mo, pang national, tsaka pas. Puneraria national, puneraria pas. Very somber. Very serious. Now, you cannot be in, uh, in the funeral. You cannot be all of this. But if you're, you know, according to First Thessalonians, maybe that's where you should be. Get feedback. Five, take an assessment test. Get an idea of what your gifts may be. And I was putting this all together again because this was already preached in Manila. I could not help but think how many 
full-time pastor, CCF St. Francis has. When I was still there, Pastor Danny was still there, we would have about 17 or 18 full-time pastors serving different ministries. I was in the music ministry, Pastor Danny was in discipleship, other people were in the visitation team, other people were this and that. But not every one of them preaches. Not every one of them teaches. Not every one of them goes to the hospital for visitation. Most of them would go to a wake, to a funeral, because usually it is part of your area, your discipleship area, where there was a death. You see, God distributes these gifts to each one, that each one properly working with one another for the common good, okay, will build up the body of Christ. Now, I'm going to leave this assessment test screen later on at the end. And you can go to them to do your own assessment. But I would like to close you with this. When you discover your gift and you use it properly in the context of the body of Christ for the purpose of bringing glory to Jesus, you will experience this. Number one, Jesus will be glorified. Why? You're using your gift. Number two, others will be edified because when you use your gift, other people will be blessed. And lastly, you will be satisfied. What does that spell? Joy. And you will experience the joy of serving one another. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. And we thank you for the presence, the spiritual gifts that you have bestowed upon each and every child of God. Friend, if you're here this morning and you do not yet have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you need the gift, the gift of eternal life. Just cry out to Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I am lost for all eternity without you. And I acknowledge that your death on the cross is full payment for all of my sins. I humbly come to you. I cry out to you, Lord Jesus. Give me your promised eternal life. I open the door of my heart and I invite you to come into my life as my Savior and Lord. Fill me with your presence. Give me the power of your Holy Spirit. And let me find out what my spiritual gift is. You might be here this morning and you're already a child of God. And you're holding back. God, will you speak to my brothers and sisters, Lord God? As your word is clear that you have given each and every one of us the manifestation of your Holy Spirit for the common good. You be the one to speak to us, Lord God, that we might use the gift that you've given us to build one another up in love so that your church will mature to the stature and image of the Lord Jesus Christ in whose name I pray all of these things.
and all of God's people said, Amen and Amen.